Well, let's look at uh, the biblical worldview. There will be a little bit of uh, overlap with uh, the psychology discussion here, but that's okay. It'll reinforce it. And, and what I want to do is show you how the Bible looks at things as contrasted with a secular human humanistic viewpoint uh, as a model for kind of a template for when you are working on your particular discipline. <coughs> Each discipline is going to be different, uh, but scripture will still apply in one way or another. So the biblical worldview and Adventist education, the worldview is the lens, the filter, the template, paradigm through which we understand our existence and see our world. And so our concept of God, our world, other humans, and how we're going to relate to them, what truth is, freedom, history, origins, role in life, concept of the future. And what we so often do is want to create a designer God, a God that our culture will be happy with, a God that fits our cultural worldview, a God that responds to our greatness, justified by the morals of our society, fits in our notion of truth, clay in our hands that we fashion to fit our mold, which is a creation of our world view. A designer Bible for a designer God. And so we try to make all of these fit where we're at rather than allowing scripture to mold our lives. So Adventism brings a uniquely biblical worldview and our purpose will be to construct this worldview with, and contrast it rather with secularism and humanism. Uh, we'll not attempt to discuss other worldviews except for one little place. So it acknowledges the Bible as foundational authority in lifestyle and thinking the basis, as the basis of our worldview. So it impacts all of these different things. So our goal here is to teach students to think biblically rather than humanistically. So to teach, bibli think biblically rather than humanistically or critically or secularly. Have you heard, I'm sure you have, of critical thinking? Critical thinking is just sweeping the nation. And cr critical thinking, well, let me hear your critique of crit critical thinking. First of all, it has a lot of good things in that. Let me say that. There's a lot of good stuff in critical thinking. Uh, but what is your critique? Okay, why not? Okay, okay. So it has that same principle of criticism, which of course is called critical thinking. There are a lot of people that, that try to say, no, 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 this is different than historical criticism. It's not. It's really the same. The, the human mind is the foundation for, for all things. So that's, that's at the basis of critical thinking, which of course is completely different from biblical thinking. Anything else about critical thinking? Yes. Starts with a position of doubt. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. We we dealt with that quite a bit this morning, right? Uh, but 
when scripture says test everything, it's talking about using scripture to test it. It's, it's not autonomous scripture. Uh, but uh, you can probably go through some of the materials to, to get what we had, had this morning. Okay, so it makes human reason the foundation instead of God's word. Uh, again, just for your sake, that doesn't mean we put an X through reason. But reason is within the context of God's word rather than over against God's word. And uh, it makes, um, f for example, morals. It says that critical thinking is the foundation of morals. Does that kind of differ from a biblical worldview? It's the foundation of truth. Of course, we talked about truth this morning. So while there are many tools in critical thinking that are useful, we really need to develop our own model. You know, why, why should we follow their model? They're, they're picking up some things that aren't necessarily beholden to critical thinking, like how to read, uh, and then they're putting it all together in a package and calling it critical thinking and adding these other elements to it. So uh, anyway. I'm, I'm glad we have somebody here that's going to get it started. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? <laughs> okay. So, to teach students to think biblically rather than humanistically, critically, or secularly. Okay. If our children do not leave Adventist schools with a biblical worldview, in my opinion, we might as well send them to secular institutions. Uh, I do think there's value in finding a spouse uh, there and finding friends there. But if you're teaching all of them humanistic worldview instead of biblical worldview, you know, then, then what are we really accomplishing? So, and we did this this morning, the Garden of Eden. Uh, without God's self-revelation, what would Adam and Eve have known about themselves? Have they simply woken up one morning and they were in existence, but nobody there to tell them about themselves. Our world without a Bible to give meaning to life. Um, the death of a loved one without the hope of the future, you know. How, how does the Bible impact our worldview there? Contrast the biblical worldview with other contemporary worldviews. That's what we'll attempt to do here. So the Bible simply assumes the existence of God. God is in action when he is first introduced. And so in the beginning, God created. God is the God of history. And I know it's crept into some of our schools where they leave God completely out of history. Uh, you know, his causative action, the fact that he's, he's acted in history is simply left out. But yet, uh, the biblical view is that God is the driver of history. Uh, the book of Daniel is a good, a good book for seeing how God acts in history. And of course, Jesus Christ also. So God is the God of history. God is the originator of and causative factor in history. Created, set up kingdoms, delivered his people, was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, he will come again. Whereas the humanistic view, if God exists, he is caught in the flow of history. History is his master, he is to be judged by history. History is driven by cause and effect. 
or if he does not exist, everything happens as a result of a closed continuum of cause and effect. You see the difference? And so when our students leave our schools, we would like them to, to have a biblical view of history, a biblical view of things that are taking place around them. Historical events are random and purposeless in a humanistic view. History has meaning because it was initiated by God and he is guiding it to its culmination and the restoration of our fellowship with him in the new earth. God interacts with us in history. We exist in a universe with nothing out there. God was and is active, in, and I won't read through all of those things there. These events never happened. Our, or they're explained by a closed system of cause and effect with no divine intervention. We were created for fellowship. God does not exist. We don't know if God exists. God is a distant being who does not interact with us or all possibilities from a secular perspective. God interacts in some mystical way. We know him because people have received, recorded their experiences with him. So, uh, biblical revelation, the Bible is simply a human book which captures the genius and spirituality of the human spirit versus the Bible is the divinely inspired word of God communicated in history through God's chosen prophets under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Bible came by the will of God. The Bible came by the will of humankind. The Bible is interpreted as any other book, story, narrative, etc. We do not need God, our Father, looking over our shoulder. Under the Holy Spirit, the Bible is its own interpreter. We can understand God, our world, and how to live because of the Bible. God's revelation in nature is partial and subject to misunderstanding. It can be understood only from the perspective of the revealed word. Nature is all that we have. The universe and this world came into existence by chance. The universe and our world were created by God with purpose. God created life on this earth, on this planet, a short time ago. Life was formulated by accident billions of years ago. Life gradually evolved under the guidance of God, if you accept the theistic evolutionary perspective. We were created in God's image. We were created by tooth and claw, by random purposeless mutations. God is our Father, we are his children. We are beholden to no one beside ourselves. God saw that creation was good. There is no intrinsic moral significance to nature other than what we give it. We are the result of evolutionary forces. Our creation took place over millions of years. We descended from the animal kingdom.
Sorry, I don't know why this thing is going slow. Our minds are absolutely autonomous. We do not need God our Father. God, we were created in God's image. Our God-given minds are used in harmony with God's word. Survival of the fittest determines our lives. We were created with fellow, for fellowship with God and each other. We are not our own. Marriage is between male and female. It's part of God's plan. We are our own. We can use our bodies as we like. Our goal is to res restoration to the image of God. We can feed our minds and our lives on what, whatever, however we desire to fulfill our own purposes and aspirations. We were created a unity, mind, body, and soul. We cease to exist at death. We are not a unity. There is a soul that can be treated separately from the body, as in theistic evolution, and exists independently of the body. So, sin is a moral choice, an action or thought that is contrary to who God is. Sin has separated us from God and from one another. Sin is the result of a brain disorder or biological malfunction, not a transgression of God's law or character. After one of those mass shootings, uh, I saw a television program where they brought a psychologist on to explain what had happened. And the first thing he said is, this is not the result of sin. Now, why would he say that? He has a different worldview, right? And what is that worldview? Okay. God doesn't exist. Sin doesn't exist. You see, if, if God exists, if, if sin exists, then God must exist. And so he didn't want to imply that God existed, therefore this is not sin. It's the result of some chemical process. Now I'm not denying that chemical processes can take place, but but still, sin is the root cause. Uh, okay, sin is disobedience to the word of God or the desire to establish oneself as equal to or autonomous from God. Humanistic lack of knowledge is the root of all is the root of all evil. It is ignorance, irrationality, or misinformation. There is no such thing as sin in the biblical sense. Salvation is possible only through grace, by faith, in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Humanity will solve the problems of evil in the world, political structures, management of the process of evolution, uh, science, technology, economics, and education, and so on and so forth. At what, one point, uh, the World Council of Churches actually gave money to rebels in South America so that they could bring about a more just society in their region. Well, they discovered that when the rebels got in power, that society was no more just, uh, that, that that was not a solution to the, the human problem, but yet the World Council of Churches, you know, not taking scripture seriously, thought that that was the solution to the problem. Although human disciplines are useful when used within the context of God's word, humanity cannot pull itself up by its bootstraps. 
salvation is in and through God, not genius, human effort, nor human will. Individual human salvation results from the right use of science, psychology, sociology, medicine, politics, etc. So, human progress and achievement will bring about the kingdom of God on earth. The kingdom of God, heaven on earth, will be established by God himself. God as the agent of history will bring about heaven on earth. Humankind as the agent of history will bring about heaven on earth. Christ sets us free. Our freedom is not independent of God, but enables us by God's grace to live in freedom from sin. The truth, Jesus Christ and his word will set us free. Humanistic, we are absolutely autonomous from any restraints from God or the universe. We are free to determine the truth. The Bible, the ability to understand the nature, let's see, we've done that one. Truth is an independent principle in the universe by which everything, including God, is measured. Or, as with postmodernism, there is no certain truth. Truth is truth for me. So, <clears throat> faith, faith is itself the evidence. Faith comes by hearing the word of God under the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. The humanistic faith is based upon rational or empirical evidence that is integrated and interpreted so as to make a projection about the nature of things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. Faith is based upon rational or empirical evidence that is integrated and interpreted so as to make a projection about the nature of things. Okay, Christ is the light of the world. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Human reason, experience, or existence is the light of the world. The great controversy theme, our relation to the world of God is central to the scripture, to the word, to the, yeah, and to the book of the great controversy. And so, not between two principles, some people talk about the great controversy between being between two principles, good and evil, it's between two persons, Jesus Christ and Satan. Now obviously there are principles that come from each of them that are also warring with one another, but it's between two individuals. It's not simply two impersonal principles. The issue, our relationship to the Word of God, uh, and we've already gone through how these decisions were made, so God is operating in each of these, in the, in the Babylonian captivity, you know, there was going on between uh, Christ and Satan, Christ in the wilderness, the rejection of the Messiah, heavenly sanctuary, the second coming, the millennium, results of the sin problem by the establishment of a new earth where sin will dwell no more. The great, great controversy is not just cosmic, it includes each one of us individually. Will we listen to God's word or will we substitute our own word for that of the world around us? Will we teach our students to love the word of God and to accept it as 
the guide to all of their lives, including their intellectual culture uh, faculties, or will we teach them to think in harmony with the contemporary worldviews rather than the worldview of scripture? There will be a people upon the earth who will accept the Bible and the Bible only as the standard of all doctrine, the basis of all reform, the opinions of learned men, the creeds and deductions of science, uh, the decisions of ecclesiastical councils, the voice of the majority, not all of these should be regarded as evidence for or against any point of religious faith. So Ellen White sees us in, in the line of the Reformation return to scripture, to sola scriptura, the Bible alone, uh, and sees us as the culmination, the fulfillment of that return to scripture. So what do we do, you know, with each of these disciplines? Do we study them from a secular humanistic point of view? Do we teach them from a secular humanistic point of view? Or do we use scripture as the context, the the worldview within which each of these are studied. We allow the Bible and the Holy Spirit to guide in that study. And so the question that we have today is where do you stand? Each of us need to make a decision. We stand with God and his word or the idols of the philosophies of our age. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.